Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here, and today super excited because we have another author interview episode. I just finished talking with Jason and Denise Henderson, and they're both dentists. They've got two practices across in Palo Alto and Tahoe. Their patients are slightly different. There's a different demographic and they specialize in different things. But the book they created was really to address one of the common problems. So we often talk about this issue of what's the what's the common question there is in your customers, potential customers' minds, something that you can help them with, something that you can help them overcome, something you can help them start the journey. And this is what Denise and Jason have done. Uh, the book specifically is talking about their dental practice their approach and really helping people overcome anxiety that they might have and it's a fantastic example of something that not only will engage new customers the book title is transforming lives one smile at a time so it's very obvious who it engages there's the amplifying subheading that we talk about that really builds on the the promise of what the book delivers but it also helps set the scene for how their practices operate and puts people's minds at rest, builds comfort, um, lets people peek behind the curtains a little bit so their expectations can be set and on the right page and just remove some of that anxiety. So fantastic to be able to catch up with them. Very interesting to get both of their opinions. I talked to Jason first and then Denise afterwards. So great to see both of their opinions and how they anticipate using the book. I'm really excited to see how they're going to get this out there and um, and the responses, hear about the responses that they've already got. So another great episode. Looking forward for you to hear it, and I will catch you on the other side. Jason Henson, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Yourself? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for making time today. I'm excited to finally catch up. I think I usually say at the beginning of all of the calls, it's it's oftentimes I see the books coming through and then I'll be talking to the team about various aspects to it but it's great to put a, a voice to a, a voice to a book cover as it were yeah great fantastic so for everyone listening Jason's just finished a fantastic book transforming lives one smile at a time focused on dentistry and helping people get to the point that they're comfortable coming into the practices um they've got two practices over in California um I guess rather than me hashing through it, Jason, why not uh, give a introduction to everyone? Yeah, so my wife and I uh, are both general dentists, uh, GPs. We have two dental practices, one in Palo Alto, uh, California, and one a few hours away in Lake Tahoe, North Lake Tahoe, California. And um, we do a little bit of everything from cosmetic to surgery. Uh, we do refer out some stuff to specialists. We know our bounds. We've been doing it for... I guess about 17 years each. So right. And it's been going pretty well. Fantastic. So have you guys always worked together or did you meet after after you were both in practice already? Yes, yeah, so we grew up in the same area in the Bay Area. Uh, Denise <laughs> and I didn't know each other. Um, and I went to school back east in a school called Tufts in Boston for dental. And she went to a school in Michigan uh, called U of M. And we met about a year after dental school. Um, Denise actually had gone to play in Australia for a year, uh, field hockey and did a study oh, abroad. Wow. So we're the, yeah, we're the same age, but, uh, dental wise, I graduated a year earlier just because she took a year off. And then, um, yeah, we came back to the Bay. We started working for a gentleman who owned a few practices and that's how we met. We met actually at a dental meeting. 
Ah, fantastic. Yeah. So interesting, the thin threads that kind of weaves people weave people's lives together. It's um you know, think that's kinda of like sliding doors movie, one small change and then everything changes further down the track. It's, exactly. it's interesting how people find themselves. That's <laughs> exactly um, right. The practice the practices and the book so as I mentioned, it's um it's focusing a lot on that kind of making sure that people are at ease, which I'm guessing is one of the main um, one of the main reasons that people don't like reaching out to dentists in the first place. So was that something that you guys had found across both practices or was more in a particular community or a particular group of patients that found it worse? Um, was it the, it, it seems like as an outsider, it's a very common thing that happens and a common problem that, is to be addressed but is that actually the case or is it pretty niche really that people are that concerned about coming in yeah no it's pretty universal um we have two practices one's in a rural area the one up in tahoe and the other one is in you know kind of more of a dot-com well higher stressed area in the bay um but really i mean heck denise is even my dentist and i still get a little anxiety everybody (laughs) kind of goes through the the same you know you're upside down somebody's working your mouth and uh Lots of times you just don't know what's going on. It's for me, I'm not yeah. a very good mechanic and honestly I kinda <laughs> rely on and trust the the gentleman or woman that fixes of one of our vehicles and it's kind of the same thing. You know, you kinda rely and have a lot of trust and faith in that person. So there's pretty much universal anxiety, I guess I would say. I think it's so interesting what you said there that it's not only the lack of clarity and feeling like the junior partner in the relationship and really not understanding what goes on which gives people anxiety even if it's only their wallet that's at risk but add in the physical element of it as well the kind of potentially uncomfortable although less so these days potentially uncomfortable nature of it but the fact that the position's strange and just every element kind of psychologically builds on it to to make it something that's um that just feels awkward if nothing else even if you're not concerned about it there's definitely an awkwardness that brings to it and i agree and of course what you know compounds that is if you did have kind of a not one of the greatest experiences as a kid or even as an adult that uh, just kind of increases and adds to the anxiety level and maybe even you can talk about fear a little bit too right yeah yeah exactly that kind of anchoring in a unfortunate experience years ago it's um it's surprising how long that that carries on through i know my my mum for a long time was in exactly the same position really not uh not keen on going so just avoided it for year after year after year it's um which i'm guessing that never makes it better no exactly (laughs) right fix itself (laughs) that's exactly right which then leads to more anxiety because then you need more of a major treatment or workup where maybe if you did catch it early enough it would have been a little more of a simple procedure but yes that's exactly right so give us a kind of jumped the gun a little bit there and kind of dived into some of the some of the issues that people have and give us a quick overview of the book itself and then kind of maybe thinking about what was it that made you come to a book in general as a tool and then specifically this book why pick this this subject in the way that it's, it's um the, the the questions that you've answered in this particular book yeah, I actually got kind of turned on to the 90-minute books. Uh, a gentleman I worked for had done, I think, one or two books, uh, one by himself and one with a colleague. And I read them, and um, his more were surgical-based. And Denise and I kind of wanted to give something to our clientele um, 
basically kind of to tell them about our philosophy, um, kind of from the time you pick up the phone to make the first call to the time you leave our office. Um, we just wanted to make sure that, you know, when you go somewhere, lots of times, some, you know, like I said, back to the mechanic, you know, they're throwing all kinds of stuff out at me and I had no idea half the terminology. And right. even if I did, <laughs> it's in one ear, out one ear. So this right. is kind of something we give to a lot of our new, even existing patients and patients that aren't sure if they're ready to see a dentist will mail them out a copy. But it basically kind of tells them our philosophy and, you know, how we treat people, um, how we're there to treat the whole person, not just their tooth. And when they do go home, if they, you know, hey, I wasn't sure if he told or she told me to do this or that. Well, they can look at a particular chapter and it kind of goes over that. And then, of course, they have our email and our in our phone numbers if they need further explanation. But for us, it's just kind of a, a second way of um, kind of getting our our notions and our feelings across about uh, whatever happened that day or what we're about to do to help treat their their needs uh, more in writing. Some people like to have it in writing. It's just easier for them to remember. And it's easy, like you were saying, to refer back to. That's such an interesting point that actually doesn't come up that often. But when you're talking about, if not the details of an individual procedure, but the the ballpark in which it lives, the kind of idea and and philosophy and what people can expect and what to expect even after the after the process having that in writing to the audience who are receptive to it are those who are slightly uncomfortable about some of the elements but including the stuff after the procedure as well so thinking about that longer term relationship with the patient it's not just that you wrote something to get them in the door and then that's it they're on the regular treadmill this is really looking at that end to end the, the holistic view of the of the procedure of the treatment of what they can expect next of maybe when they should be thinking about coming back and what issues to be mindful of and which things are normal all of that we start off by talking about putting people at ease just from the procedure itself but putting people at ease of the of the bigger p- picture of the overall procedure not just the or the overall issue rather not just the individual procedure itself that must resonate with people as well a hundred percent that's correct because lots of times you know you have one issue and then like you said maybe month down the road they start having pain or they fall and chip a tooth well then they can go back to the book and say okay yeah well we didn't have this problem back then but this book kind of is overall healthcare well-being of my mouth and so oh, let me reference this okay it sounds like i should give you know jason or denise call now it sounds like i should get on this before it's too too late and you're right it's kind of an ongoing process the industry is it's uh there's never a dull moment we say but um, <laughs> this book at least kind of helps guide you when you are in need um and then you know we kind of take it from there for you it's so interesting because we talk quite a lot about this idea of a single target market and in writing the book and in fact everything we do across from our side think about the single target market first and it's very easy to take that idea and run with it a little bit too far so either be too narrow on the people that you're trying to deal with and then it it just excludes a few too many people although usually the problem is people are going too wide but also i think the point that you've hit upon is the life cycle or the thinking about the single time market in the sense of how the 
how the book as a useful tool sits in the overall picture. So you're not just using it as a lead generation tool to get people in the door. That would be one thing. You're using it really to nurture that lifetime relationship with people and build that build that relationship and become that trusted partner way beyond just the initial kind of transaction and the initial procedure that that they're doing. That's right. The feedback, the feedback that you're getting from people, does it kind of reflect that? Does it reflect a kind of broader piece for, rather than just, oh, this was useful information in the, in the time that I read it through more to a longer, I was reading again that book that you'd written, it, it kind of talked about in the past tense and them themselves referring back to it rather than you having to refer people to the book? Right, exactly. Yeah, they, they use it kind of as a nice resource and, you know, kind of going back onto the the referral words, um, you know, the, for dentists, you know, our best, we always say our best referrals are the ones that are in-house. Um, there's right. already built-in trust there. And lots of times we find that our current patients are actually giving a copy or their copy of the book. And we're getting, you know, plenty of new patients just because of that. Because before they even make the phone call, they have trust because their friend or family member goes to see us. And then furthermore, now they have a book, and which is somewhat knowledgeable, I feel. And yeah. they take those two and it's kind of just a nice uh, referral source. Before I jumped on the call, I was kind of running through some ideas of points that I wanted to cover. I haven't seen the kind of the process go through and thinking about how other people are using their books and just jotted down a couple of, of notes to touch upon. And the referrals element was one of those because I think particularly the way that you position your organization is that very um you're very much the other end of the spectrum from just transactional it's very much about building that relationship and i think the whole referral opportunity of using the book as almost an expected um an expected tool that people share separated from whether or not they become patients afterwards but very much using it at every point for that sharing the knowledge making people feel more comfortable if you hear of someone talking about some concern they've got or a bad dental experience that they had, let me know and we can get a copy of the book to them. Has that been, um, going into it, was that something that you were thinking about a lot using it in that referral sense or has that come to come to happen? Now yeah, that that's there pretty much a hundred percent why we wrote the book. We actually, um, we actually give them away. So we purchase the right. copies and we actually don't make any money on them. But we um, send them, and even if they never give us a try, at least when they go to wherever they decide to go, they'll have a little bit of a basis of dentistry itself. may not be the same way we do things in our office, um, but, you know, it's kind of a universal profession. So kind of looking at the overall well-being of the patient wherever they decide to go. And you're giving them a benchmark against something that, from your perspective at least should be the way that it should work so if they do go elsewhere and see kind of things not happening in that way at least it will get them to raise a question and not just accept it thinking that this is the way it is it's some information from someone else in the know who says hey it doesn't have to be that way it should be this way instead i imagine if nothing else then that's super valuable just to give people the the uh, the opportunity to ask questions even if they end up um, not taking any action on it and great. Yes, that's exactly true. Okay, so moving on, I'm actually going to change it up a little bit now. And I've got Denise on the phone. So we're going to run through Denise's um, and ask a couple of questions and we can get Denise's perspective on the book as well, which usually when we've got a couple of people who have written, very often there's kind of one lead author who's 
taken um, we have most of the dealings with and then um, the second person is kind of in the background so it's great with you guys having two such strong voices on the same subject but just with very different perspectives so i was talking mm-hmm. to jason about the, the kind of who the book is best suited for and how it can best help them he was talking about the um the opportunity to share your philosophy and how you work with people and try and get them to the point that it's very comfortable so is that your perspective as well it's it's that group of people who it's it's good at serving yeah definitely the new patients coming in um the ones who deal with anxiety and fear of going to the dentist maybe those who haven't come in in a few years would be um ideal for the book because it just goes through step by step what to expect when they come in and you know how we work with them to um to ease their anxiety and make it a more comfortable visit yeah i was talking to it such a fascinating opportunity to get in front of people for the for the long term and really establish that relationship not just to the point of bringing them into the practice for one particular procedure but the Mm -hmm ongoing and year after year care and what they should expect afterwards that that kind of view of the patients that you're working with is it much more like that where they are people who you're the family dentist for many many years rather than they're just passing through and they need some work done now um typically yeah we have a lot of families a lot of long-term patients um you know i have people in my practice that have been there since you know, three dentists preceding me. So there's definitely (laughs) lifelong patients in those scenarios. But, you know, I know Jason's office is different than mine, but I live, or I live, I practice next to a university. So we also get a lot of people who are there temporarily, you know, as students or um, faculty, you know, they're there for a couple of years and then they move on and they just need somebody while they're planted in Palo Alto so in that time I definitely get a variety of those people yeah I wonder if that's the we were talking with uh, with Jason about the referrals and using the books with existing patients to pass to their friends who might also be friends and family suffering from anxiety to help those guys but I wonder if there's also the opportunity for those more transient communities like at the school where there is that added anxiety of people not being in their home town not being having their referral network around have you guys done anything like that with the book to look for groups of people um like go into the school and present this as an opportunity to say if some of the students here are for sure having some anxieties here's copies of the book to make them feel more at ease have you guys ever done any of that kind of outreach into groups of people who might cross over with that group who are anxious about dental work? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, once we start seeing trends and things coming through, let's say we get a lot of uh, grad students from the law department that are coming in. Um, we say, you know, hey, we've seen a lot of a lot of people coming in from the law school. You know have some books and pass it on with your friends too, if they might, might be looking for a dentist or, or dealing with, um, you know, procrastination on going to the dentist because of fear or, you know, being away from home and they just want to feel a little bit more comfortable before picking up the phone and, you know, pass the books around and that might help 
um, help ease their anxiety and maybe allow them to pick up the phone. Yeah. Phone. Like, like you say, it really does those two things of one, getting them to the point where there's more information to feel less anxious about something, but also the point right. where they do raise the phone, there's more of a relationship that you've established with them because you're through the virtue of the book, you're the person that's got them to that point in the first place. So it definitely does that relationship building and gets people more to the place of being more likely right. to trust you before they move, move, move so, forward. Yeah, exactly. They, they build the relationship before they even meet you. So yeah. it gives them a good, a good intro to our office and how we work. And, you know, just that, um, that passing off of the book to somebody else is, I think it's it's worth more than just a word of mouth referral or a Google review online that they read. It's, a, right. it's definitely a lot more personal and you know, it gives them a little extra boost and in, in confidence and picking up the phone and calling us for an appointment. Yeah. It really starts that uh, starts that journey and allows the point at which you're talking to someone or the office is talking to someone to be three or four steps down the path. Right, it was interesting right. that Jason was saying that the the kind of aftercare elements of the of the information in the book. So it's really not just his ways to overcome anxiety or his uh -huh. some details about getting to the point of the procedure, but there's really that longer term what people should expect to see afterwards. So has the experience in the office been anything around that? Anything around um the the kind of length of the the usefulness of the book after the procedure or is very much the feedback at the moment because obviously it's still relatively new so is the feedback at the moment very much in those early stages of getting people to kind of make that call in the first place um for me it's more in the early stages of of introducing people to the office uh i think the aftercare helps more in his situation because he does a lot more surgical stuff and i think a lot of it goes into um you know, if, if you're extracting a tooth and what to expect. Um, right. And so I think he utilizes that in, in that respect. Um, I usually refer most of my extraction. So, but it does, yeah. if, if somebody's being sent out for an extraction or, or a, a bigger procedure that they're going to expect um, longer healing times from, um, that would probably be a good um good source for them as well even preparing them for what they're going to do when they go out to the specialist i guess that's interesting as well because in so many other circumstances you'd refer that work out and the aftercare and the follow-up and the expectation settings and that part of the relationship would get handed off to the other person right even i guess it gives you an opportunity to keep a little bit closer to that loop and saying to people you're being referred out for this particular you've been referred out to our trusted network for this particular procedure but you really still are patient and we're concerned about your health and well-being so here's an opportunity to refer back to the book even though the procedure was done by someone else but imagine right. that's an interesting way of keeping the keeping that relationship alive a little bit in a in a situation where otherwise it would might typically people are thinking about it it's just being passed out to someone else Exactly. And we do touch on the book as well on, on when we refer and why we refer. And so, you know, people don't think we're just passing them off to somebody. Right. And, um, it's actually a relationship that we have with the surgeons and specialists to, you know, to enhance the care that we're giving, that we're, yeah. we're, we're giving them to these people for a purpose and to make, uh, you know, for their overall health. It's not, uh, 
uh, like I said, you're not passing the buck, but you're preparing right. them for yeah. a better procedure for a specific reason. And then it can also prepare them for what they should expect after they see the specialist and then return to our office for care afterwards. And that's such a fantastic way of kind of laying the ground. You've kind of given them the roadmap ahead. Uh, when Jason was talking, he was comparing it to a mechanic and saying that once you've got the trusted partner, the fact that you don't understand the language necessarily or understand how one bit of an engine connects to another, but it doesn't matter because you've got that trusted relationship. You guys exactly. are doing exactly the same in laying that groundwork and setting the expectation that this is all perfectly normal. This is the best way of doing it. There's nothing to be concerned about. It's not extraordinary. This is just this stage of the process. And then after that, right you're coming straight back to us and we'll be here to take care of you for the rest of that, the rest of the journey. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's such a, so often we're talking with people about the books as lead generation tools and people think about it or the conversations that we happen to have, because this is often the problem that people are trying to solve is just in that initial getting people to raise their hand and, and then being able to start the journey. But mm -hmm. th this has been a great call for people to think about really that relationship building. So even if you're not interested in, and not saying that anyone is, but and even if you weren't interested mm -hmm. in any more customers, being able to kind of nurture that relationship with them and make the most of the relationships you've got. One element of your book is a fantastic example of being able to do that and giving people something of value that helps them be in a better position but really sets up the long-term relationship with someone, not just that initial initial, um, initial transaction. The initial meeting, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, we want, want to keep them comfortable and, and, and keep them informed every step of the way. Right. Fantastic. And this has been a great call. Thanks a lot for your time, guys. Really appreciate you sharing your experience. And, and this, I'm sure, has sowed a lot of seeds as we're heading into kind of 2020 in the year ahead. We've got lots of people who have kind of not necessarily pulled the trigger this year, but have been thinking about it and really dialing in their mm -hmm. ideas, waiting to get started. So this has been a really great way of bringing in an extra element that's, uh, that I don't think many of the calls this year have managed to hit upon. So just wanted exactly. to say thanks again for for your time. Thank you. Of course. Um, I was going to, I usually put a link to people's websites in the show notes. Are you okay if I re reference the two practices? Um, yeah, absolutely. The two practices in show notes? Perfect. So that's uh, just for anyone listening and not looking. Um, Denise, yours is the Tahoe practice. Um, Jason's that, is the Tahoe practice. Oh, Jason's is the Tahoe. Oh, sorry. Yours is the Palo Alto. And, right, uh, right. On the east coast and losing my west coast geography. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so people can visit uh, Denise's at dhendersondds.com and that's Palo Alto. Right. And the Tahoe practice is uh, kingsbeachdental.com. So definitely recommend right. people check out those two and, um, and take a look at what's going on. And obviously, if you're in the area, uh, give the guys a call. Was there, will, um, wrap up there i'll let you get uh, as i mentioned we're kind of recording this in between christmas and year so let you get back to the holiday settings so just want to say thanks again for your time and uh and look forward to checking in again and see what you guys are doing with the book all right sounds good thanks a lot you have a happy okay. new year and there we have it another great episode i always enjoy talking with people that we've worked with because it gives that real life 
case study, that real life element to the things that Betsy and I or Dean and I talk about in the other episodes. It's always useful to see how people are really using it in their real life, their examples, and the kind of journey that they go through from the start of the idea to the completion of the book to then how they're using it and the responses that are coming back. That feedback is is always valuable and always appreciate the opportunity to share that with you guys. In the episode, we talked about the book blueprint scorecard, the eight mindsets that we've got to really measure your book against our framework for developing a book to build your business. So you can go through the exercise yourself at bookblueprintscore.com. And that's a great way of really across these eight mindsets, developing each of them so that they build and create the best possible book, depending on the individual outcome that you've got in mind. So that's over at bookblueprintscore.com. And then, of course, the easiest way to get it completed is to work with us and you can do that by heading to 90minutebooks.com and following the get started links so again appreciate jason and denise's time always glad to be able to share people's stories with you looking forward to um, working with you guys over 2020 and hopefully be able to share your story in an upcoming episode so with that thanks everyone enjoy the weekend and i will catch you in the next one